thank you so much, Lee, for being a part of this broadcast. I was looking at your bio here, so I'm really, really excited to introduce you and to talk about you. So our guest name today is uh, actually Lee and I mean, your full name, so I get it absolutely correct, Lee Ann Hughes, yeah. and she's a children's book author, and she's just published her first book, Cobb and the Kingdom. Am I correct on that? Yeah, well, I'm up to three now. You're up to three now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I see Cobb and the Kingdom. How sweet, how okay, <laughs> and moving mountains. This is so awesome. Wow, I'm looking at the artwork here. You guys have definitely got to check out her website as well. And uh, so she's happily married to the love of her life for over 20 years. Yep, you got to give it up for that, especially in this day and age. We need to give it up for that. Yeah, that's a that's huge. And uh, she has three beautiful daughters that fill her life with joy and drive her absolutely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, to round out everything about her family, she has a very rambunctious golden doodle dog, mm -hmm. a sassy cat, and a laid-back bearded dragon. Yeah, you got to tell me more about that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell me a little bit more about That's, that. We literally were just saying right before you got on. Yes, the bearded dragon is a brand new addition. Um, very, very unexpected. We went to an event locally. Um, me, myself, with my daughters, and. Um, somebody there had a bearded dragon that unfortunately they were not able to keep and they were going to be putting it up for adoption and um i my two of my daughters were just like please 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 and i'm a total <laughs> sucker for that so i'm like you got to talk to daddy and um my husband surprisingly uh said sure all right let's do it and we actually surprised them they didn't even know so while they were at school we went and we picked everything up including the dragon and mm -hmm. they came home and we were just kind of hanging out and we're like hey what's up and they were like <laughs> yep that's so awesome that's so awesome i think we have a we have a, a fortress of uh, pets in here as as well i don't think you can step anywhere without stepping over something or tripping over something or yeah it's the cat is also new the cat was a christmas gift last year to my daughter wow so this is the first year with the cat and the Christmas tree and like the dog and the cat get along fairly well, except when the tree went up and now they're like the typical like cat and dog chasing each other, but it's only around <laughs> the tree. And I'm like, no, 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 like, we're not going to do that, please. Wow. Wow. That's just, that's just so awesome. You know, it's like I said, it's just so fantastic having another author on uh, two authors. As a matter of fact, you as well, Desi, I'm just so glad to see your face and to meet you as well. You're going to be my, my co-host, uh, my Ed McMahon for today's, uh, <laughs> for today's show. So I'm just really excited about it. Uh, I know that you had to choose five words, um, uh, for, for your word improv story. So why don't you tell us which five words you chose, and maybe why you chose those particular words, and uh, some of this I'm challenging a little, a little bit more than my interview. Uh, <laughs> so the five words that you chose, why you chose those words, and then share with us your improv story. Happily, yes. So um, I was approached by Word Sleuth a few weeks ago, um, around the time I think you did your interview, Joe, and uh, they asked if I would be interested in doing this. And so the first challenge that I came across was challenge 41, November's words and everything. And I went back and I was looking at them and I ended up doing all six. All just right. immediately as I was reading them, just I had this story building in my head with each word as I was reading through them all. So mm -hmm. it was all six, so it was indubitable. Duplicitous, Hexillo, <laughs> Quintilian, Fuliginous, which I have no clue if I'm saying that right. Yeah. Um, and Doppelganger. <laughs> doppelganger. So, so what I wrote as a children's book author, I immediately went to um, a Santa letter. Mm, oh, okay. Yes. So here it goes. Dear Santa, December is nearing and it is indubitable that you will bring me gifts. I have been a good boy this year, and as you can see, I'm using the dictionary you brought me last year. While receiving that instead of a PlayStation was a bit of a peccadillo, I'm willing to look past it. 
quite duplicitous on your part, since Santa is revered as bringing toys to children. I understand you must deliver quintillion gifts around the world in one evening, so I will take the moral high ground and forgive you. While I did confront your doppelganger at the store last year, I will stand by those actions, and they should not have warranted a dictionary for Christmas instead of a PlayStation. Nevertheless, I have done my best to be better this year. I cleaned our polygonous fireplace just for you. I even held my tongue when I wanted to correct my teacher's work. Surely that is more deserving than such a frivolous gift. I have not changed my wish list, so please bring me a PlayStation this year. Thank you ever <laughs> so much. Yours, Tyler, age seven. Oh, oh wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> that is just a job. Oh, just incredible. I absolutely love that story. Absolutely yeah, love it. Wow. I just, you know, I feel with like so much joy. I'm, I'm like, my heart is over here just like bubbling up with that. All the Christmas and the holiday vibes going on. That's really well done. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, Christina. Christina agrees. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, absolutely well done. I really appreciate that. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit uh, about yourself, starting with whether you, uh, whether you write professionally or is this a hobby on the side or, how, where do you see yourself in that mix and where do you see yourself going regards to writing? So yeah, writing just kind of happened. Um, I've been a stay-at-home mom to my three daughters. My oldest is now 18. Um, so yeah, I've just been home, been mom, been doing the mom thing, taking care of the house and the kids and the husband and everybody. <laughs> and uh, the story for Cobb and the Kingdom kind of just came about when we were driving the car and my daughters were telling their own stories and being silly and they asked me to tell a story and at first i was like yeah i don't know what you're talking about this is your guys game um <laughs> but then uh they were like no please 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 so i ended up doing that and Cobb just kind of stuck around in my head and that story never left and it was um probably almost 10 years ago now where i was just like okay i think i need to like just sit down and i'm just gonna write it out and then it'll be out of my head but i'm sure you guys know as authors like in writers like once it kind of gets in you, like it doesn't let go. So right. um, it took me a few more years before I was finally like, okay, no, I think, I think I really do need to actually pursue something with this. And so I did the whole route with Cobb and the Kingdom, fully signing on thinking like, okay, I'm, I'm going to become an author. I'm going to do this. I'm going to write books. And little did I know that it's like, it's a business. It's a thing. So I've been trying my best to learn all the business side of stuff, the marketing and the finances and the putting myself out there and all of that. Um, and magically enough, when uh, I first started working with Cobb in the Kingdom and working with an editor and an illustrator, all of these other stories kind of started rushing out. And that's where my other two books came from. Um, I literally wrote those two. And the third one that's going to be coming out early next year because they're yeah. a series, uh, all during my time of illustration phase for Cobb and the Kingdom. So, like, I actually wow. haven't written very much in over a year, probably, that's, like, full on, like, working for writing. Mm -hmm. But so, yeah, so this has, it's become, you know, like that, that, do you call it? a full-time job do you call it a part-time job because it's like it's kind of like being mom right mm -hmm. like you're never you kind of really don't take that author hat off right like you're kind of always marketing a little bit somewhere or thinking things right Your brain is always writing right. Like, right so yeah so it's it's become the life job slack mom slash author so so i i would ask them then what keeps you inspired you know what keeps you inspired because i've heard what inspired you, what got you started, well, what keeps you inspired in regards to writing and continuing this, this journey? Definitely my daughters. Um, I, I said this before with other author friends and everything, like I definitely have uh, my own personal history of kind of like giving up on things. When things got too hard, I gave up. And like, I was content with that. You know, I was like, oh, I just can't do this anymore. Um, but I realized if I was going to pursue this with my daughters being old enough and watching me, I kind of didn't want them to see me as like a quitter 
and seeing like, oh, when things get tough, like it's okay just to walk away. Um, not to mention, I personally think I have really cute stories. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to share them with children. And um, after doing some, some school events and I hear back from so many people hearing reviews of my books and everything, I get like all that really good feedback from other people that they like my stories. And so I think it's just, I love, I love reading. I love encouraging children to read. Mm -hmm. And I want to keep putting my stories out there in hopes that it's, it might, you know, spur on more kids to read. And also I have a theme of kindness to all of my books. Yes. So, you know, maybe to all those parents or adults that are reading with the kids, that'll plant little kindness seeds in their brains too. You know, like whatever we can do, right? Spread, spread the love of reading, spread the love of kindness, all that kind of stuff. That's all, that's really, really awesome. Hey, Doc Desi, now you're already out there in uh, Hungary. You're a ways away. What questions do you have for our illustrious guest today? Because I can see you were just so intrigued by this as well. So what questions do you have for her? Well, um, I, I very much wanted to ask uh, if, um, do you sometimes perhaps draw inspiration from uh, things actual kids said to you or you heard actual kids saying? Yeah, so the Cottonic Kingdom was inspired mostly around what I saw out the window when we were driving. Um, and being a mom, I made sure it had those themes of being kind and not judging others and all those good lessons in there. Um, the characters in my other two books, How Sweet How and Moving Mountains, their illustrations are actually my daughters. So I sent pictures of my girls to the illustrator. So they're my girls. Um, and a lot of their quirks and their mannerisms in the books are my daughters. So the youngest is very rambunctious and energetic and doesn't stop moving. The middle girl, she's just like, you know, never brushes her hair. So her hair is a mess <laughs> and she's always very concerned and like, are you okay? What you doing? What are we doing? Are we here? Are we there? What, what's happening? You know, like she's on top of things, you know, and the oldest is the typical oldest child. Um, always very aware and taking charge and okay, this is what we're going to do. And are you with me? If you're not with me, then you can go ahead. Like, so yeah. Um, I do have another story that I wrote that is almost entirely based off of my middle daughter. Um, that because it's so personal, it's been a lot slower and harder to work through, especially with the editing process. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm hoping to maybe have that out in 2024, but I have to see. Uh, but that's, that's, that is almost completely my daughter's story and some of the things that she's had to work with and that character is all her and had does have some very true stories of what my daughter experienced and did herself yeah. in it. Well, that's if nothing else, I can tell you what having just having children just gives you such an uh, an array of experiences and a ton of writing material that you can build a thousand stories off of each and every day. Yes, I have a few others that are yeah, like one book. I have literally just from one quote my youngest said when she was in preschool. Um, I have another book that I actually want to co-write with my youngest because oh, she's nice. very imaginative as well. Um, so yeah, there's it's my children are definitely a huge inspiration. Um, I have a decent imagination, obviously, but I feel like there's still a lot of things that I need to pull from real life that, mm -hmm. yeah, I can't. I don't, I think character building sometimes is one of my fallbacks. So I think when it, it helps me, if I have somebody to base mm -hmm. you know, that character off of. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, what I do you think? Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Desi. I think that the way you involve your kids in your job is really amazing. Thank so thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so wonderful like i say you know when you have your children you know and you're a parent you know life is like you know they say you know reality is is uh better than even making up a fake story you have so much material that you're pulling from as you watch your children grow 
And, you know, I know I, I have personally found that as my son grew, I had so much more material to pull from. And I know with your children being small and as they continue to grow, you're going to be like, wow, like, I never imagined I'd be writing something like this, <laughs> you know, so they're going to keep feeding in that material. And so I'm just really excited about that. What What do you think your preferred writing style is when you think about how you write? Do you write in a more of a formulated, uh, structured type of way where you have to have everything or is it kind of like just free flowing? De I'm definitely a free flower. I'm a, I'm a pantser. Um, everything I've written is pretty much on the fly. I have like a few, few ideas that I know are going to be in there. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to like the story, the middle school chapter book based off of my middle daughter, like that one, I specifically knew quite a few bits and pieces of the story. It was just connecting all of them. Uh -huh. so that one was probably my most structured one. Right. But everything else has pretty much just been pantsing all the way. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. What about you, Desi? What do you think about when you when you writing? What is your particular style? Are you more like free flowing or would you say that you are very structured in how you lay out your storylines? I'm free flowing when I'm uh, first writing it, and then then I am very structured when editing. Mm -hmm. And it depends. Sometimes it just comes to me, and I start writing, and I don't stop. It's more like um, stream of consciousness. And at other times, I think about it for a while before actually sitting down to write it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think for me. It's kind of like the, a mixture of both as well. When I hear how you, you, with each of you, it's, you know, I think that it depends on what type of book I'm writing. So if it's more, because I tend to write a lot of books on like leadership and whatnot, and those have to be more structured, obviously, right? So they can't be like, you're just like way out into the wind. But when I'm writing um, things that are more fantasy based or whatever, seem like the characters kind of lead me, is that, is that what you find, uh, Lee, when, you, when you're writing, do you find that the characters are leading you or are you leading the characters? Definitely the characters take charge, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard an author that hasn't said the characters are like, no, 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 right. this is the way we're going. Right. right. Like, <laughs> um, and yeah, so when I wrote Cobb in the Kingdom and I was going through the process of that and I started writing How Sweet Howl. Originally, How Sweet Howl was supposed to be in a series with Cobb in the Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And they all have this theme of misunderstood monsters, okay? Right. So Cobb in the Kingdom has a dragon. How Sweet Howl is a wolf, obviously. Right. Um, and Moving Mountains is an abominable snowman. So um, I wrote How Sweet Howl and then, you know, I just sat down and I was writing it out. And uh, I pass it to my husband to read and my uh, neighbor, who's a friend and an author as well. And both of them are like, no, 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 this, this is not like, no, you're these three sisters have completely taken over. This is their story. This is not the wolf story. This is their story. And we need to hear more from them. Like, right. there's, there's a lot more to these girls. Right. And it was, yeah, they very quickly took over and they're like, no, we are our own. <laughs> We're not connected to that one. I don't think so. So, yep, that was that was definitely one where the characters took over and I was just like, all right, fine. That's the way we're going. <laughs> yep. Did you ever imagine, I know like you talk about when your children came along and how you were inspired to start writing, but did, was there a time in your life previously um, where when you were younger, maybe in high school or middle school, where you found yourself so intrigued with writing and you thought, maybe someday I can take this, I can do something with it, you know, because children were like, ah, you know, I'm writing, you know, I'm doing little cute stories. But was there a point when you thought to yourself, hey, maybe I can actually do something with this and turn this into something that's going to really impact so many people's lives? I did, um, I did do a little bit of writing when I was younger. Um, I actually have one short story that I, not that long ago, kind of rewrote mostly from memory because I didn't have it anymore, um, that I've been really wanting to try and figure out how I can do it. It's not a children's story at all. Um, 
it has like the horror type of feels mm. to it. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I want to figure out what I can do with that. Uh, there was another story that I remember I started writing. I definitely did the whole, you know, gothic poetry thing in high school. Um, but uh, The same generation, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but otherwise, I don't think, despite having those times where I would write, I don't think I ever really truly considered that to be a future that I would mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was just something fun that I was doing. I just enjoyed doing it and I felt these stories and I wanted to write them down. Um, and it was really fun. And then my kids came along and my imagination was going elsewhere until that time. So, yeah. That's awesome. What, what questions do you have? Any other questions you have for her, Desi? Um, I would like to put you through a challenge. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I'll tell you two of the words from the word improv challenge, which, which you read, two of the words, and um, how would you explain them, like, for, chi for kids, in one or two sentences, in this funny and understandable for kids way? <laughs> I was just curious how you would do that. Hold, hold on, before you... You go, before you go there, uh, Desi, I was going to say, did you ever thought you think you'd be on, on Jeopardy? I, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jeopardy is a show that we have, you, you know, where they put the things that have to give different de definitions or whatever. So she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go, go ahead, Desi. <laughs> okay, so one is doppelganger. Doppelganger. All right. Well, that's an easy one because I don't have to look that definition up. Um, doppelganger. Explaining to a doppelganger to a child. Um, yeah, I would say kind of like a doppelganger is a person that looks like you but is not you. And it's somebody that could look like anybody around the world, but it's not that person that you would know. Okay, great. And the other one is... <laughs> You're doing great. Peccadillo. Peccadillo. Which one was peccadillo? Uh, a slight offense. Okay. Um, a peccadillo would be if you accidentally stepped on your cat's tail. That's a peccadillo. Okay. <laughs> a peccadillo is not if you hit your brother, though. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, is it is it difficult to come up with funny things all the time because like you need to be funny for kids if you want to. Yes, and that's what really because I like to um, all of my books. I like to make sure that they're funny, and I like to make sure that they're like silly too. Um, and I, I try my best, and I really, really hope. And sometimes, like when I read out loud my stuff to my daughters and my husband and everything, and like all I see are like stone faces and I'm like, come on, because that was funny. Like really, really, was a little funny. Like, so they, they definitely helped me a lot. And um, in Cobb and the Kingdom, there's a corn theme throughout the whole book. And all the characters' names are Cobb and King Colonel and Queen Millie and Sir Pop. And my husband, of course, came up with all the names because they are very corny, corn names for all the characters in the book. Um, so he helps me out with some of the some of the laughs that I need as well. Yep. And that's so important, you know. Like you said, like the way we have to approach children is so d different. Even when we talk about you know important topics, or even sometimes heavy heavy topics, you know. We have to be able to approach them in a way that they can, that's palatable to them mm -hmm. and that's understandable and comprehensible. And I love that. I think that it takes, and again, I have to applaud you because I think it takes a very unique set of skills and ability to be able to relate to children and talk to children because as adults, you know, adults have, we have our own language. Right. And so when you, you know, you're talking to children, you want to talk to them in a way that, again, they understand, but that also doesn't kind of like dumb the language down, right. so to speak. 
you know, and that's what I found out as I'm sitting here and like reading over over your, uh, your your books. You know, so many of the books that are out now, everything's kind of like dumbed down. It's like we're talking, it's like we're talking down to children, but being able to kind of talk children up and telling these funny, these different funny stories and really these challenging tales. I have to give it up to you. Thanks. I really do. Yeah. That is a that is a true skill, and I think that's becoming more of a rare skill mm-hmm. than it used to be. And so that's that's really that's really awesome. What are what are some of the future pro- projects that you're working on right now? I know you you talked about that. With your, you know, as as authors, our minds are always going, and you could testify to that as well, Desi. Like your your mind is always going. And you're like, should I do this project over here or that one or that one? So what are some of the future projects that you're working on and how are you even prioritizing them? Because I know there's got to be more than one, okay? Right? So because, you know, I look on here, it's like, wait, what's the next project? Like, "Mm, there's probably not one. (laughs) There's got to be a couple of them. So so what do the next ones look like and how are you prioritizing or how do you prioritize what comes next? Because that can be very challenging. That it's really, really challenging, very difficult. Um, and yeah, like I think my middle school chapter book for my middle girl, I think most likely is going to be next year, only because I have been working on that. It was actually supposed to be my second book published before mm-hmm. the current series. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one is definitely going to be next again, as long as I can kick my button gear. Um, after that, I don't know because. I have the book to work on with my my youngest that we're Mm -hmm. co-writing together. It's almost pretty much written. Um, There's just a lot of like tweaks and of course editing that need to happen with it. Um, But then I wrote another one that is really revolved around diversity and inclusion and Mm -hmm. equity and equality and that is just so so important right now Mm -hmm. um and like that one kind of just has like this big red flashing light like this is Mm -hmm. this is what's going right now this is what's important this is what people need right now so that one i really really want to work on quickly too um on the flip side i have another idea uh that is again another one that's really really close to my heart and very personal Mm -hmm. that is also kind of screaming um out for me to you know pick me pick me um (laughs) and and so yeah yeah. and then i have another one that's just another just really just silly and goofy one Mm -hmm. that came to me um but i have like a book of ideas and i have a few that are like partially written that just need a lot more built onto them. Uh, so it's, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to prioritize them. It's very, very difficult. Yeah. So do you, so do you find yourself kind of to follow up? Do you find yourself like working on, let's say one project at a time or multiple projects and you're kind of like jumping back and forth or how does that work when you have, you know, so many different ideas that are, percolating in your up in your mind how, do, how how does that work i i tend to i guess it just kind of depends on how things are going so i've done a few different like challenges right like there's nanaremo for novel writers mm-hmm. um there's a big one called story storm and that goes in january i believe and that's for children's book authors and it's to come up with like ideas or like writing snippets and kind of things. So like every day they give you this blog article written by somebody to kind of help spur and inspire you to come up with more Mm -hmm. ideas. So I have a notebook full from last January that has like 30, over 30, because there were some days where I had more than one idea and inspiration. Um, And uh, there was a writer's retreat that I went on that I ended up writing two, the one diversion book and the other silly one. Um, So it really just kind of depends. Like if I sign myself up for something, then I'll work on whatever, like 
kind of like readers. Readers can be either mood readers or they have like their certain pile, like this is my TBR pile. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm kind of like a mood writer. I'm a mood reader for sure. I feel yeah. like I'm a mood writer as well. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, that um, I did the writer's retreat and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to work on something, but I really did not want to work on the middle school chapter book. Again, it was like, it was way too personal. I was like, I don't want to just start crying in the middle of our, right. <laughs> you know, writer's sprint. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can't work on that one. So I went back to all those ideas from StoryStorm and pulled a couple that were really speaking to me at that time um, and worked on them. And so, yeah, so it's just a mood writer that I don't like working and doing more than one project at a time. Right. But yeah, I think it just, it depends. I'm all over the place. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Desi, what do you think about that? What do you think about that as well? Like, how do you, when you listen to what she's going to talk about, what Leanne is talking about, can you identify what what she's talking about there? Well, I um, I usually work. I usually have in mind uh, one book only because I'm a novelist, but I'm also a filmmaker. Uh, so in my case, it's more like I'm divided between uh, audiovisual and written project. <laughs> that's that's my. <laughs> and yeah, I have this like sometimes I don't have that much inspiration for writing and for imagining and coming up with new things so that's these are the periods when I choose to work on my film stuff because Mm -hmm. there it's easier to just sit down and do it you don't need if you have the idea for a film you don't need this special sparkles of imagination all the time (laughs) to write every page or something. Uh, But yeah, and I just finished a short film now, so I'm starting a new novel. And I've been thinking about this novel for three years now. So this is what I'm going to do definitely (laughs) because it took so much time. And every time I have new inspiration for it, I have something else to do and I can't just sit and do it. And you know how painful it feels when you are in the mood for writing, but you can't write now. Yeah. Can't write right now and then it just goes away and you're left with nothing. Yep. <laughs> and I, yep. I think what you said is so important. Like I'm, I'm, as I'm listening to you and you're throwing in what Desi uh, put in as well, like, you know, being able to know when to kind of step back from time from time to time, right? Because when you're writing, you could be become so frustrating, particularly like you talked about earlier. Like, you know, you got kind of have, have to follow the character, but sometimes the character goes in a way that you don't necessarily want it to go, and you're like, why are you doing that? <laughs> you know, like why are you doing that, and where are you taking me? And being okay with kind of like stepping back for a moment, not too long, you don't want to forget the project, but being able to step back for a little, for just a moment and think, okay, maybe there's something to this. Maybe it's taking me someplace that's much more magical or amazing than I imagined in the very, in the very beginning. I don't know about YouTube, but I, it's, almost, I, it's almost inevitable. I know when, when I write, I never end exactly the way I've initially envisioned so there's that you know like I, in my mind oh man this is gonna be awesome i'm gonna end up over here and then i'm like wait how, how did i how did i get over here do you find that to be the case Leah? and this is sometimes yeah 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 like my um middle school chapter book i was you know writing this one thing and it seemed very obvious that this one thing was going to happen next in the story and my husband, all three of my daughters, they, they were like, well, wait a minute. Like, well, why didn't they go do this thing? And I'm like, it, it just didn't happen. Like, that's just, it just didn't happen. Like, and I could even envision it happening. But then like, as I'm writing, like, it's just, I'm just writing, I'm just going and the story is flowing. And then we're like way past that. And I'm like, oh yeah, we didn't do that thing. Okay. Well, all right. Well, you know, like that, yeah, it does. It just kind of takes its own direction, but like you said, sometimes it's kind of good to be able to like, okay, wait, let me just step back and I gotta, I gotta reconnect here and 
refigure my brain to mm-hmm. see where we're going. Mm-hmm. What do you think was the What do you think was the most challenging project? I don't think I've really heard of that question asked too often, but I think that that's a and that 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 I think that's important for um, our listeners and people who are watching live to hear that because you talked about earlier about your children seeing you actually complete something mm-hmm. and the, the importance of that. And I think that they need to hear a little bit about what your most challenging project was, what that was like, because I, you know, we, we all of us know numerous authors or people who are, who are interested in, in writing and they get to page two and it's like, uh, I think I'm done. <laughs> right. I think I'm yeah. done. I don't want to really go any further. This is a little bit more. This is a little bit more than what I anticipated. So, what? Tell us a little bit about what what your most difficult or challenging project was, and how you were able to work through that. And 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 I believe that what provides some inspiration to people who are who are listening. Um. Well, I'm. I think I'm probably still going working through it because that would probably be my middle school chapter book based off my middle daughter, um, that I did Cobb in the Kingdom and I found an amazing editor and she was awesome. And I was really, really worried because I don't do well with any type of critical advice. (laughs) And I was really, really worried. Um, But again, she was an amazing editor and she really did a really good job of like rewriting my work. Um, without making me feel that bad and that awful. Um, So (laughs) the editing process with Cobb and the Kingdom went really, really well. And then I wrote this middle school chapter book and I found another editor and uh, she worked well. We spoke. She gave me the first um, set of edits. And then sadly, she could no longer work with me anymore because she had other persons things. So then I had to find another editor. And so I found another editor and I kind of tried to like catch her up to speed as to what would happen with the first editor. And we seemed to be working, speaking well together. And then she sent me her notes and she just tore the whole thing apart. And I don't mean to say it like that, like, like disparaging her, like it wasn't negative. She was editing what she felt was, you know, Good work. Right. Um, but because it was so personal, like I, I literally was in tears and I had to yeah. get up and walk away from just reading through her notes three times. I got up and walked away three times before I even finished. Three times I had to stop because I was just crying and I was just so emotional because, you know, she, she was changing these things that to me were my daughter. Right. right. And so I was just way too close to everything. And I was just like, I can't. And I was like, this, this has to be put on the back burner. I was like, I can't, I can't do anything with this right now. Um, and I actually, I haven't gone back to it again since. Uh, and I keep telling myself I'm going to, and I have to, because my two younger daughters, the one it's written off of and my youngest have both said to me quite a few times, like, Hey, when are, when are you going to publish that one? When's that one going to come out? Right. And I keep just kind of saying like, well, there's still a little more work to do. We still have to finish editing and, you know, do the cover and blah, blah, blah. Like, um, but yeah, that one's definitely a big one that I do need to, again, going back to my motivation, my inspiration, my daughters, proving them that, I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to quit. It's just, I kind of need to strengthen my spine up a little bit more <laughs> to, <laughs> to sit down and, and come back to it. But I think, I think it helped my weaker side to ignore it that this next project was, was a series. So like I've been working on this series. So three books, which of course is drawn out, you know, not as long as like a novel, but there's still a lot of time to put into with children's books as well. And, um, so yeah, so, but my time is running out. My last book for that series is going to be coming out in a few months. And I'm like, okay, nope, now, now I need to bunker down and I need to do this. So right. I think that's definitely been the toughest part so far. The toughest project would be that one. And 
I need to get back to it. And it's hard. It's hard. And especially when you do put yourself so much into it that all of our stories are personal. Everything we write, you know, we keep close to us. There, there are babies just as much as, you know, we birthed our own babies or our fur babies or whatever, right? Like these are very personal. We put our heart and soul into every story, but a lot of times there's those specific ones where you do put so much more into it, like more of yourself or your family or whoever that you're close to, that those those are going to be the tougher ones. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it's uh, it can be so challenging when someone is, you know, stripping something apart or you're, um, you know, I, I think I found this last one that I published, uh, I waited 11 years to do it you know i wrote it 11 years ago sitting on the shelf i had read it to people and people enjoyed it but like i said because it was so close to me mm-hmm. i didn't want just, just any illustrator's hands touching it yeah right like look like you go on everybody knows all about everyone knows about fiber or fiber how are we going to pronounce it okay right you know when you get on there and you start looking everybody can do your video and your your uh, your book or illustrate your book in two weeks right, right? <laughs> two weeks for fifty dollars mm-hmm. okay yeah and and so it's challenging but then you look and you say okay i'm going to have to definitely make some type of investment but i want someone who is going to feel what i'm feeling right and i'm, I'm are just as important to them as it is to me and the same thing goes with when you're finding an editor mm-hmm. and you want that editor to be just as passionate about the project and it's not like they're just checking it off as another book that i'm just following yeah. or another book or whatever okay here's the next one let me just go ahead and do this and get this done with quickly and just get with all, all the uh deal with all the grammatical situation right right, right? And so that can be very, very challenging. So I can identify with that a whole lot. What about what about you, Desi? What do you what about your process? Yeah, my uh, everything I write is very personal. It's more like almost autobiography, biographical, uh-huh. <laughs> whatever is the way to say it. Uh, so. I'm very used to working with really personal stuff and I don't write about children and everything I write is very dark, so it's usually <laughs> death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's personal stuff, so uh, when I work with an editor, sometimes they, they go like this, this is not possible, like this character wouldn't do this, and I'm like, this is what literally happened, what do you mean? <laughs> no one <I'm not> <laughs> May I introduce um, you to this person that actually did right. it? Thank you. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't like with with time. I started to not pay too much attention, and I have the. Um, this is a good side of being a, an independent author because I work with editors, but the last word is always mine. So. Yeah. I just take what I like, but if I disagree with something, I don't do it, and that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Standing your ground is so important. I think that you know that's another part of the process yeah. that because I think, I think that a good editor must understand this because this whole thing comes from the author, and this is a world of the author and a reader who will who will like this author will like the author's ideas about different things so the author should be involved involved with the cover with the illustrations and with everything because this is the author's world and not everybody is supposed to like it but people who will relate to this particular author will like their ideas and if there is a confrontation between the author's ideas and the editor's uh, ideas or the publisher's ideas, I think that the author must must stand their ground. Yeah. 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 And so, that, that was um, I the writer's retreat that I attend. 
um, one of the women that runs it, she's a coach, but she's also an editor. And I had brought up my, my problems of editing with my chapter book, my one chapter book. And she immediately was like, you really should go back to that editor and you should email them and try and have a conversation because editors should be lenient, you know, like, and they know, or at least they should know, yes, this is the author's work. Like by all means, they can give you feedback and everything, but they also need to understand too, like where you're going to draw your line or what you're not willing to cut out or change and all of that. So thankfully yeah there are a lot of editors out there that do know and understand that that mm -hmm. you know they know like hey this is just my advice like take it if you want to take it um and they're willing to talk through everything absolutely you know and, and i appreciate you sharing that uh both of you as a matter of fact because like i said you know when you are going through this process you know people are inspired they get your books and they are transported into those worlds and maybe someone's inspired to do their own work. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, you know, the way I look at it is that there is room for a whole lot of people and a whole lot of ideas, right? And uh, like we don't have a corner on the market. Like, it's all ours, <laughs> right? You know, we we want more people to come in because there are so many different ideas. And so, and that inspires, I think that as, as authors, that inspires us as well. Yeah. Uh, this conversation with you has inspired me and motivated me, and and I need that, you know, because you know I struggle with you know what to do next and what the process is going to be, and I, you know are the same struggles that anyone else has, and so the listeners being able to hear that, whether they're thinking about being an author or 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 even a musician or whatever it is they want to do in the creative arts, they they have to know. There, it, there may be a struggle, but at the end, it's it's so worth it. It's so mm -hmm. worth it. And just seeing the impact that you have on people's lives when, you know, little children or even adults. Some yep. adults love children's books, too. I know a whole lot of adults. I've had yeah. one of them that likes children's books, right? <laughs> but that is just so important. And, uh, and so I just want to just thank you for just being a part of this today. This has been an extraordinary interview and you have just shared so much so much information given so many nuggets you've inspired you've motivated won't you tell everybody about first of all about your books where they can find them uh and that goes that's the most important part of this interview here so where they can find the books and everything won't you tell us about that um so i have cob in the kingdom which is a picture book for ages five to ten uh, online at Amazon and websites for Barnes and Noble, Walmart, Target, all the all the fun self-publishing websites that Ingram sells to. Um, and then I have the first two books for the Heart Girls Adventures series, Howl, Sweet Howl, and Moving Mountains. They're ages uh, six to 11. I call them elementary chapter books. They are chapter books. They do have illustrations. They're that good transition chapter book for kids who feel they're too old for picture books, <laughs> but not maybe, maybe not quite so ready for Harry Potter. So, yes. Um, and same thing available on Amazon and online at Barnes & Noble, Walmart, and Target. Oh, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. I love that. Hey, I was like, yeah, a little black woman in you. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little soul. I got a little soul. A little soul. A little soul. <laughs> what about you, Desi? Where can we get your books? And where can we watch your movie? Because you're a filmmaker as well. So where can we watch your watch your films? Um, um my uh actually my first book in English is uh, going to be released in January. Wonderful. And um uh, this week I got the samples. Here it oh. is. <laughs> oh, right. uh, so I'm very excited right now, and it will be on Amazon first, and we'll see what happens then. So this is it for now. And the film, um, it has to go through festivals first, and so on. So I think later on I can publish it, and I will announce it on <laughs> Words Loop. Well, so that's your that's your first book in English. Yeah. I was wondering that earlier that I was going to have to, you were saying that you have more dark material. I was like, I don't mind reading a little dark material. So <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you have a Christmas book though, right? Yeah. 
I, I do. I have a Christmas book that's out, The Great Christmas Heights. You guys can go out and find it. I've been uh, touring with it. I'm a little bit proud. That's probably why I'm so worn out a little bit right now. Because uh, I have been rolling. And so my family is like, oh, this is going to be, this is your last week of being on tour. Yes. They're like, yay. Because um, <laughs> I have been extremely busy. But I'm grateful. Um been to schools and, and um, different all kinds of events. So I'm excited about it. Like I said, the great Christmas heights, you can find it on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, all the stuff that's out there. You can find it on that. Hey, you guys, make sure that you, uh, you, you have my email address as well. So send me some of your stuff, and I will share it on my website too uh, to make sure that we got to support one another. Mm -hmm. uh, and guess what, folks? Our next host for the next uh-oh, she's posing now. I told I, I told she had a little bit in her. She, <laughs> now, that's the Valley girl look there. The other one was yes. like. <laughs> yes. I'm a little bit of everything. <laughs> so Mrs. Leanne Hughes is going to be our next host for uh, on Worst Sleuth and you would pass the baton. And uh, if you thought that this interview was great, the next one's going to be even better. I can promise you that. Uh, she's just a she's just a, a tremendous uh, guest, and so I'm just excited just to listen in and hear her lead uh, the next show. Uh, if you um, if you're interested in becoming a part of the Worst Loop community, please go to Instagram.com uh, and look at at Worst Loop. That's W O R D S L E U T H for those of you who need spelling. And just look up Word Sleuth and um, make sure you get involved and make sure you remind people, remind people to come and watch these shows where we're, we're supporting each other. We're not out on a limb by ourselves, and that's so important. We're a community yeah. of authors. We're a community of writers. We're a community of illustrators. And so it's imperative that we support each other. We build each other up. We get the message out and promote each other. And I believe that when you promote, one person, you're promoting yourself as well. So give and it shall be given. Okay. That's the pull, pull that one from where you want to pull it from. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so that's so important. Make sure that uh, you contact Leanne if you're interested in getting her books as well. I know she gave her web address as well. Her, her, uh, I know she told you where you can find the books, but I'm sure that if you reach out to her, she'll be free to contact you as well. And to share information, like I said, if you have any questions or comments, you, you, you she's building up a little fan. She'll build up a little fan base, right? She's willing, willing to hear from you. And the same thing with Desi. I want, again, I want to thank you for being my Ape McMahon for today's show. <laughs> she has projects that are coming out as well, so make sure that you reach out to her as well. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to sign off today. Thank you all again for joining us. Have yourselves an absolute absolutely amazing Christmas, yeah. a wonderful holiday season, and we're looking forward to you joining Leanne the next time here on Worst Loose. Yep. Take care, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye-bye.